This is the reality. Very special. Hello to you. Welcome to The Reality, a half an hour talk show talking about the reality of life as found in Jesus Christ. My name's Dudley Anderson. Really good to be with you. Just to remind you that if you've got a story to tell of God's reality in your life, I would love to hear from you. Please write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Tell me all about it by email, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by listener-supported radio ministry called Sure Reality. Visit our website, surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're meeting Pastor Lindy McCauley. After Barber College, Lindy McCauley was consumed with a burning desire to bring the message of faith, hope and love to her people in South Africa. This vision helped birth the Rhema Bible Ministries in South Africa in 1979. But then, after a great challenge in her personal life in 2000, Lindy moved to America, where she launched Lindy McCauley Ministries. In 2009, God called Pastor Lindy McCauley back to South Africa, where she now preaches tirelessly in churches, women's conferences, seminars and Bible schools around the country. She is constantly introduced as the Mother of the Nation, a title which burns deeply in her heart. Lindy ministers to hurting people, people who are divorced, in pain, betrayed or unforgiven. She says, God wants you whole, every part of you, spirit, soul and body. You are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in your body, so you are a three-part being. When you give your, your heart to Jesus, you get born again, your spirit is made alive unto God. But God wants you whole. He wants you to have a blessed life. He wants you to have abundant life. Like Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And it all comes from Him. Everything you need is in God and everything you need comes from God because He is whole. The reality is all about the reality of Jesus in our lives. So I asked Linda McCauley as we get going with our chat today to tell us how she found the reality of Jesus. Today's interview recorded via Skype. Daddy, I grew up in a wonderful home. My dad was Catholic. My mom was an Anglican. She was born in Liverpool, a church-going lady, really a good woman, and my dad too. Um, and when I was about 13, I always used to go to bed as a little girl praying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the one thing we had religious instruction in our schools, and mm. we learned how to pray the Father's Prayer. And so I would do that every night. Then when I was about 13 years old, I had a, a spiritual dream. Um, it was it was as if I was really in the dream. Um, I was with my family. We were up in the mountains. I don't know why we were all wearing Roman gear, you know, <laughs> those white <laughs> roby hangy things. Wow. And we were playing badminton. Can you believe it? So all of a sudden, all the shuttlecocks disappeared. And we went, where did the shuttlecocks go? Because there was a lot of people playing. It was all it's like boulders and up in the mountain. And um, I thought, I said to my, my family, I said, I'll go find it. And I walked around the corner and there was an opening in uh, to a cave. And there was a shuttlecock lying in the entrance of the cave. And I walked into the cave. And all I re- remember was these most incredible colors. And um, there was like a fine curtain hanging in front of me with all these beautiful colors. And behind it, I just saw a pile of, could see a pile of cushions and someone was sitting on these cushions and um, I could not see any uh, specific detail, but I just knew that I was connecting with 
um, I didn't know the Lord at the time, but I really think now that the Lord was connecting with me because I, I never, ever forgot that dream that I saw him. He spoke to me, but I don't know what he said. The same year I read The Cross and the Switchblade, and the same year I saw Ben-Hur. Now, when Jesus healed the lepers in that movie, I came home from that movie and cried for three weeks because mm-hmm. I felt the presence of the Lord. And my mother didn't know what to do with me because I could not stop crying because I felt as though I had been touched by Jesus. And I really do believe the Lord touched me. So that was when I was 13. Mm. Uh, and there was a singing group touring South Africa called The Living Sound. And they came to South Africa. They stayed in homes. And then they would sing outreach songs, you know, um, um, that they had written and recorded. And then they would uh, give a short, brief evangelical message and give an altar call for people to receive Christ. And I went to that particular meeting when I was 15. So that's now two years later. Mm-hmm. And then um at the age of 18, I met um, uh, Ray McCauley, who was a Mr. South Africa. He came third in the Mr. Universe. He was good friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I met him. And one night, um, uh, he was sharing uh, the gospel with a, a friend of mine. He was trying to reach Moritz with the gospel, but I was the one listening. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that that, that get, little get-together that night, I said to Ray, I want to come to church, please. Where, where do you go to church? I've got to come. And it was a Saturday night. And I said, I'm coming tomorrow. And he said, well, you can meet me. And I went to church the next day. Honestly, if I tell you, Dudley, when they said, anyone here want to receive Jesus, I got up and ran no. to the altar. And I was I was 18, just turning 18. I ran to the altar, and I, the lady that I prayed the sinner's prayer with, I still, I'm still friendly with her today because wow. I will never forget that moment in my life. I, I wanted it when I was 13, but it took that long for me to actually know how to receive Jesus because nobody told us how to receive Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, so, yeah, I did that when I was 18, and then after that, nothing, it was just – I've served the Lord ever since that day. It, yeah. Some of the things changed immediately in my life. I was never a wild young woman. I was, you know, pretty disciplined, um, nice child, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I was so hungry for God. And um, from the moment I, I got born again, some things fell off me straight away. Other things, I it took time. Hmm. But uh, I, I knew God was dealing with me with the things that were harming me. Um, I was smoking, so um, it took about three years for me to get rid of smoking, not because of the big sin of smoking, but because it kills you. Mm-hmm. you you're poisoning your body all the time. And um, when I went to Bible school, I was three months into Bible school still smoking. And then one day, <laughs> one day I thought to myself, I cannot believe that this this stuff in this piece of paper has control over me because mm. I was starting to learn the word to see and that you have authority in the name of Jesus and you don't have to accept everything that comes your way. And I looked at the cigarette and I said, I can't believe that I'm a servant of this thing. <laughs> and I broke it and threw it in the dust and that was last, my last cigarette. Wow. And um, so slowly things changed and I've, I've been in the ministry 43 years now and Fantastic. I love the Lord so much. Oh, he's amazing. Fantastic. What an amazing story. Incredible. Yeah, Lindy, you, you, just, you just said now, and uh, you know, we, we're going back to, uh, I, I'm assuming around the 1970s, or late 60s, early 80s. Um, you know, the Jesus movement happened in the 1970s. That's where I gave my life to the Lord. But you just said now oh, that wow. um, many folk, perhaps even somebody listening up today, has heard 
the message of the cross and they have perhaps read some of the Bible and they've heard stories like yours. You just said that you didn't know how to ask Jesus into your life. So my question is quite simply, how do you ask Jesus into your life? Well, let me say it simply like that. You know, it takes faith to get saved. And um, when you hear about Jesus, you feel this desire that, you know, I want this, I want this. Um, but not not very often do they tell you how to get it. And it's a very simple thing. The Bible says you believe and you confess. So you believe, say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died for me. And you confess it. You're speaking it out. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, um, and receive the Lord, you will be saved. So, um, yeah, it was a simple thing. And the amazing thing is when you give your life to the Lord and you know you've committed your life, you know where it happened, how it happened. Mm. <laughs> um, unless you've grown up in a born-again family where everyone knows the Lord. But even then, I do believe God wants to encounter with you. He wants you to have a personal one-on-one -on -one moment with, with Him that you'll never forget. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, He makes it personal. He wants it. To be personal, he wants to be a personal, intimate God uh, in our lives, and he wants to be closer than our husbands and our children, and he wants to be right in the front of the line when it comes to us. And um, it's believing and receiving, confessing what is in your heart, so out of the heart, out of your heart, your mouth speaks, and from the abundance of the heart. So when you really want to know him, you're going to speak it. You're going to say, "Lord, I want to know you more. Come into my heart." wash me, cleanse me, make me brand new. Mm. And I mean, when you speak those words, you suddenly feel the burdens lifting off of you, you know. So if anybody's listening today, you don't have to do it in front of a congregation. You don't have to be, you know, anywhere specific. It can just be you and the Lord. And you just put up your hand in the air and say, Lord, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. And I believe that today um, you will wash me and cleanse me and make me brand new. And today I am born again. And you speak it out. I really believe that that's when your miracle takes place. And you are, it's the greatest miracle to be born again. That is the greatest miracle. Greater than any limbs growing or eyes seeing because hmm. it's about eternity. It lasts eternity, you know. Amen. Life in its abundance. Fantastic. So, Lindy, you gave your life to Jesus at this stage in your life. I believe it was, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, 1979, you felt the call of God to go to Bible college. How did you feel that call in your life? Gosh, Dudley, if I have to tell you the story, it is so miraculous. Um, uh, well, what happened was Ray and I were married and he was um, going out and showing his muscles off to people because he was a third runner-up in Mr. Universe. Mm. And he would show his muscles and say, if you think being a Christian is being a sissy, come outside and I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> that was how, how he preached the gospel because we did not know one thing about the Word of God, nothing. We didn't know what the Word said. We didn't know how to reach people. We didn't know anything. We just, you know, we, we, our hearts were willing, you know, but we didn't know what to do. And so anyway, I said to him, look, if you're going to get up and do that, well, well, he came to me and he said, I feel called to the ministry. And I said, but well, what does that mean? So he says, no, well, I feel I want to serve the Lord. And I said, well, then you need to go to Bible school. You can't stand up there and just show everybody your muscles <laughs> and, and you don't know what you're talking about. You better know what the Bible says. Well, you, <laughs> mm -hmm. The Bible is what you've got to know. So I said, you need to go to Bible school. Well, about two months later, he got a word of faith, which came in from Kenneth Hagen Ministries. How it got to South Africa, I don't know. And I'm talking about 19... 
1977, somewhere around there. And this word of faith arrived. And um, he said to me, I want to go to this Bible school. And I said, that's fantastic. Well, if you go to that Bible school, then I'll stay here and look after the dogs because it was in America. And I said, you could go to Bible school and I'll wait for you. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, God doesn't do it our way. Anyway, he went, he got on the plane. He was on the Jim Baker uh, show at those in those days it was the PTL club they invited him to come on as Mr. South Africa so he went there to give his testimony and he said while I'm at the Jim Baker club I want to go to Raymond see Kenneth Hagen so I said well fantastic go and sort out your bible school do all this you see so he went there and as he arrived at Tulsa Ken Hagen Jr. left, so they didn't see each other. Well, Ray came home absolutely devastated. He said, I can't believe this. I want to serve the Lord. I wanted to go to Bible school. I got to Tulsa. Ken Hagen Jr. left, and we never spoke. And I said, well, look, why don't you just go to Rosebank Union Bible School here in Johannesburg? It's a fantastic Bible school. Just go there. It's fine. Hmm. So he said, okay. So we started making plans. And then within within a period of three weeks, we got a phone call from a friend of Ray's who said, listen, I've got this American preacher that's in South Africa. I'm looking after him. I really can't do it on my own. Can you and Lindy help? So Ray said, well, sure, maybe he can. We just got married, Dudley. We were married maybe a year at the stage. And so Ray said, no, we had a house. And Ray said, no, he can come stay with us. You can't believe it was Ken Hagen Jr. So God sent him to a house. Hmm. And um, Ray was going to go on his own to Bible school. Well, when he saw me, uh, we went to his meetings and so on. And then just before we left South Africa, he said, Lindy, Ray cannot come on his own. You have to come with him. I'll give you a bursary. I'll pay for your Bible school. Will you come? Yes or no? You can't pray about it. You can't think about it. I want an answer now. And I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, that was such a miraculous situation. God wanted us both there at the same time to do the training together. And, um, you know, God put the man in our house. So I even got a bursary. I mean, how amazing is the Lord, you know? It was an incredible story. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality. You can listen again at the website surereality.net. Sure Reality is a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listeners to help produce these programs. God's Word reminds us that if we give, it will be given to us. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. Please consider becoming a vision partner of Sure Reality by clicking on the Become a Vision Partner link at surereality.net. Click on Become a Vision Partner at surereality.net. This is The Reality. It's a half an hour talk show talking about the reality of real life as found in Jesus Christ. If you've just joined us, thank you so much indeed clicking on in, perhaps on the podcast or listening live wherever you are. It's really my pleasure to be with you. Just to remind you, if you have any questions, if anything we've said thus far on the program has, you know, just struck a chord in your heart and you'd like to speak to somebody, please email me dudley at surereality.net. Well, today on The Reality, we're speaking with Pastor Lindy McCauley. Lindy has shared how she came to Christ after reading the book The Cross and the Switchblade and watching the film Ben-Hur. She said she always believed in God, grew up believing in Jesus, praying the Lord's Prayer every night before bed. But then she discovered that she needed to ask Jesus into her life. It's all very well believing in God, but you've got to confess Him as Lord and Saviour. If you've heard anything thus far and you have some questions about what Lindy has shared about becoming born again, again, my email address is dudley at surereality.net. I'd love to hear from you. So Lindy has shared a little bit about how she became a Christian and then she's explained how she got married to a bodybuilder by the name of Ray McCauley. 
and together they founded a Bible church in South Africa called the Rhema Bible Church. God had a plan for Lindy McCauley's life. Through thick and thin, she knew that only he could make her whole. Let's return to Linda McCauley today on The Reality and find out how she was involved in founding one of the largest churches in South Africa. Well, I'll say this, Dudley, honestly, it was all God. It was really, really all God. We were so young and we were, we were ignorant. We just loved the Lord and we just wanted people to, to come to know Jesus and know the word because we, at this stage now, nine months of Bible school, which is nothing. What do you know in nine months of Bible school? You don't know anything. Mm. But we were just on fire. So we came back and we started in Ray's dad's house and um, we had 12 people and Ray and I, so uh, 12, no, there were 15 of us in the first service, so, um, and that was including Ray and I. And the next Sunday, wow. we were 30 people, Gosh. and the following Sunday, they were bringing chairs in from all the neighbors because every the place was so full, <laughs> and then we had to find a venue. So on our fourth week of starting the church, we moved into a cinema, and within a year of that cinema, we were running two services, and we had 650 people in each service, so we were over, we were 1,200 people in the first year. Now, honestly, only God can do that. Um, Within the first five years of us um, having the church, we were running 5,000 people. People were so hungry for God, and we all we knew was we to told them that God loves them. God has a plan for their life. God God cares for them more than anybody could ever care for them, and He'll show you how to trust Him. He'll show you how to walk by faith. We just taught them the simple word of God, you know, that love never fails, just good, healthy word. And the people just came and came and came and came. And then we bought our own building. And um, that was another story. Um, Ray went to uh, buy this building from a top a South African um, discount king. His name was Tony Factor, very Jewish guy. Mm. And Ray went to see him. His building was up for sale. And we said to Ray, look, we're very interested to buy this building. And he said, well, look, this is what I want. And this is what the deposit will be. And he said, but you know what? I think I'll let you have, I'll lend you the money from my company. So I don't know how he did some deal like that. Anyway, he, he raised the bond. And he said, Ray, but listen, you've got to have the deposit on the Friday. And Ray said, I'll have the deposit. And he said, how much money have you got? Ray said, nothing. He says, are you telling me you're going to raise this amount of money by Friday? He said, if God wants me to have this building, I'll have it. That Friday, Ray arrived. Listen, Dad, this is amazing. Ray arrived at the building, okay? Standing at the door of the building was a man by the name of Shady Wood who owned a pool company. He had a brown paper bag. He said, Ray? God's told me to give you the money. Here it is, the deposit for the building. It was, I think, 80,000 rand or something in those days. And Ray walked into Tony Factor's office. The bag. The paper bag full of money. <laughs> he has the money, put it. He says, where did you get? He says, a man, a man at the front door gave it to me for the building. Don't, don't, so sorry, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you. Don't, don't, don't you just love God's sense of humor? Yeah, I tell you, blows your mind. <laughs> blows your mind. So, so this Tony, this is gorgeous, this story. This guy, Tony, he then said to Ray, okay, when he was planning the deal, he said, now listen, I am going to fix your interest rate at 11%. At that time, it was only 7% or 6% in South Africa, okay? So he said, I'm fixing it at 11% because I'm taking a big chance here with a church, you know, and a pastor, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then Ray said, that's fantastic. They, and they signed the deal. It wasn't not even a year later, and interest rates in South Africa shot up to 22%. Wow. So this big discounting deal maker, 
He says to her, he says, you better tell the people in your church, I am the biggest giver to your church. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. When Tony was dying, he called for rain. And he wanted Ray to pray for him. Um, so we really impacted him, you know, with the love of God and the miracles. I mean, he just saw so many miracles. And he really, wow. he just adored Ray, loved him to pieces, you know. Wow, so, um, amazing. Yeah. That wow, was, incredible. Then we, then we put the big building up in Randburg. Uh, we put up that massive building, which seats now 7,000. Um, yeah. People just came from all over, from all over the world, actually, for conferences and everything, just to spend time with God and to learn and to grow and to mature, you know, as believers. Praise so God. it was wonderful. Wonderful. Let's bring it up to date, uh, Lindy. Uh, many years later, uh, you are now running a ministry called Lindy McCauley Ministries. In a nutshell, tell us a bit about that. Well, um, you know, we worked very hard with the change of the nation, you know, with South Africa through apartheid and that. We worked closely with Mandela and with Bishop Tutu, Archbishop Tutu, and with Mangasutu Putelezi. And Ray was really tightly involved with all of them because we needed to save, God needed to save our nation from civil war. And we were on the brink of civil war. The night before um, civil war was going to break out, um, Ray went one with one or two other dignitaries to see the Zulu king. And they said to him, please work with us. We need to. And he, that night he said he would. So that literally stopped civil war. Mm. But it was very hard. Um, we had threats on our lives. Ray had constant threats on his lives. They shot the head of the, the Dutch Reformed Church in front of his family, Professor Hayes. They assassinated him. Wow. And Ray's name was the next one on the list. And so Mandela gave us his personal guard to take care of us and look after us. We couldn't go anywhere without security. I mean, it was really tough because they were very concerned something would happen to, to Ray, you know. Mm. Um, but all of this built up a lot of pressure because, you know, you're called to the ministry, not to politics, you know, I wasn't called to politics, but I was called to be a pastor, to love everybody, you know, and everybody's so nice and sweet, you know. Mm. <laughs> and the next thing, how we were in the midst of all this, well, it really did, it really did exhaust me. And um, we had a very hectic one year. It was very hectic. We celebrated 20 years. We had, uh, oh gosh, Ray's 50th birthday and my 45th. And then it, it was the millennium, millennium service in the year 2000. So a lot was going on and I literally burnt, I literally burnt myself out. Oh. You know, you can, you can be uh, working for God and not spend Spending time with God, you know, you can you can you can actually be working for God and not 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 working with Him. You're mm. working out there on your own, doing your thing, you know. Mm. But it's for the Lord, but you're not spending time with the Lord. And I literally burnt myself out, and um, I was having started having panic attacks, almost like a nervous breakdown. Never had one, but I was I, I was on the brink of that. Mm. Just pushing myself, being unrealistic expectations. And God never puts that on you. Totally, he never puts that on you. We do it to ourselves, you know. Anyway, it was a big year. And uh, then uh, we were just struggling, you know. We were just struggling a little bit personally in our, in our marriage and that we'd grown apart. We were so busy working for the Lord, we grew apart. How crazy is that? That's not God's will mm-hmm. or plan. And um, oh, we just had a moment. It wasn't a good moment. And, uh, 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 you know, I always say to people, never, ever, ever make a, a major decision for your life when you are not well. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to make the right decision. You're going to you're going to make a decision um, 
to rescue yourself. But that's not always the best decision um, because the best decision would be um, take a break, uh, have time away from each other, go and think about things calm, let everything calm down, and then make a decision, you know. Mm. But um, anyway, the, the wrong decision was made uh, by both of us, I believe. And um, we separated and we eventually we got divorced, which was ridiculous. I, I, I know how much God hates divorce. and um, But I have learned also that God, God loves us so much, you know, and that uh, there is that grace upon us, you know, that God brings us through. And I re- it really, it was the, it was a very big mistake. It was really the wrong decision, the wrong way forward. But when you make decisions in the flesh, you always make wrong decisions. And um, yeah, so sadly, we broke up and then um, I moved to America. I went to, to take a job in America for a while just to get away. And um, the job never worked out. And I landed up um, um, with Rodney Howard Brown down in Tampa, Florida. And I started Lindy McCauley Ministries while I was there. And it took me about four years to recover from my divorce because honestly, you know, Dudley, when you love, when you love deeply, it really hurts. So for your listeners today, the reason why you hurt is because you really love. You know you really loved. Mm-hmm. And um, But God is such a wonderful healer. When we as human beings do stupid things, you know, a friend of mine, Dr. Murdoch, he says, inside every believer, there's a stupid. <laughs> and oh, yes. that is so I true. can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. There's a stupid. And when stupid makes the decisions, you never follow God, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and so um, I, I, I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive um other people as well um, and God worked but the process of bringing me through to how to being well again was amazing he's such a good father he's such a good God and he provides everything you need and he loves you so much there's absolutely nothing that that God wouldn't do to reach you, to reach you with his love and um, yeah, I started calling ministries and started preaching, teaching in Bible schools. And the wonderful thing is that people do forgive, you know, they understand life is not perfect and we are not perfect. The only one who makes us perfect is Jesus. Um, but we're still human and we make stupid mistakes. And um, But the mistake doesn't hold you. You shouldn't stay stuck in a mistake. You've got to move on and move forward and forgive yourself and walk in God's love. And God always, you know, he always has a plan for your life. So I preach all over the world. I've been done a tour in Australia, a tour in England, um, done quite a few meetings in the UK, um, Europe and South Africa and a lot in the States. Uh, Linda, we have about a minute left. Can you give me a word in one minute? You've said that God wants you to be whole, wants us to be whole, every part of us, spirit, body and soul. You said he wants us to have shalom. What is God's? What is God's shalom? Shalom, you know, um, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in your body, so you are a three-part being. When you get, when you give your, your, your heart to Jesus, you get born again, your spirit is made alive unto God. Um, then you, your body has to um, submit, you have to renew your mind, get your mind and your soul to agree with God and to think, start to think the way God thinks and the way the Word of God teaches us to live our lives, and then your body will just submit to that. But God wants you whole, He wants 
you to have a blessed life. He wants you to have abundant life. Like Jesus said, I came to be life and life more abundantly. And it all comes from Him. Everything you need is in God and everything you need comes from God. So the more you spend time in His presence, the more you, you hunger for Him, thirst for Him, spend time in His presence, the more whole you are going to become because He is whole. So He makes you whole. The more of Him you have, not that He comes in bits and pieces, He comes in, in fullness, but we receive Him in stages we, we we grow in stages we mature in stages it's a process it's like paul said that i might know him and the my one determined pur- purpose is that i might know him and the power outflowing from his resurrection that knowing him is a process it's Fantastic. a process and we have to be patient with the process i thank the lord lord i just pray now that every ear that is open to hear this word and this message of encouragement today. I pray, Father, that you would impact them in such Amen. a wonderful way that they would call upon the name of Jesus and come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen, to Amen that. God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, God has used you, Lindy McCauley. You've been patient. He's been patient with you. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Reality. We pray God's richest blessing on your life and your world. Thank you for joining us. We've been speaking to Pastor Lindy McCauley today on The Reality. If Lindy has said anything and you have any questions about what we've spoken about, please email me, dudley at surereality.net. I'd love to hear from you. Dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. With your prayer and financial help, we can produce these programs that will touch lives around the world. Please consider partnering with us at the website surereality.net. So it is from me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always. Keep walking in the reality of Christ. Christ.